Hello, Flyperbole. I, you know, I gotta come up with an official title. I, I thought of Flypaniacs, uh, Flight Fam, whatever. People listening to this podcast, how you doing? Steve Jaco back here talking about the Flyers. My co-host this week is the wonderful Kelly Hinkle. Kelly, how are you today? Steve, first time, long time. I'm excited to be here. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm excited to have you on too. I know. I I I had you on a long time ago, but you know, as the direct co-host, I I just I'm so the reason if anybody listening, long-time listener is not aware of why I don't often have guests, it's mainly because I'm just too lazy to book guests <laughs> and deal with the extra editing and everything. It is a sheer laziness thing. It is not because I hate guests. I just I'm just too lazy for it. Also, if we're being honest, I specifically have not often been a fly purpley guest because I keep old lady hours and you record 9:58 p.m. is the middle of the night for me, Steve. <laughs> 9:58 p.m. <laughs> Craig and I often would start at 9.58 p.m. And that that would be a good night. Like, if there was a technical difficulty, sometimes we'd get started at, like, 10.30. You know, it's, like, 2 in the morning. I'm bleary-eyed and editing. I, it's, it's a wonder I'm alive at this point. You guys are uh, wild. Wild people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're maniacs. We're just, I mean... I respect it. We're wild people. We... That's the hustle. That's what it's all about. I don't know. I'm a night owl. I'm... I'm just terrible during the day. I, I might be a vampire. Well, also, you have, like, a real job where people depend on you to do things, and I have a government job where no one depends on me to do anything. So it's understandable that, you know, during the day, you've got a lot going on. It's true. It's true. And then I, I like to have that, that separation between the two, because if I went from one into the other, I probably would have lost my mind by now. Yeah. It's nice to have a little little break in between, for sure. Just a little, little bit. bit. Just a li- but unfortunately, I spend that break watching the Flyers. Mm. Mistakes were made, Steve. <laughs> Mistakes were made, that's for sure. <laughs> you know what's stunning? I can't believe we're talking right now about the Flyers having four points in their two games, but or their three games, but like the middle game was such an abject disaster that it, it just feels awful. It's the worst feeling four points they could possibly... It, it's been a successful week in New York, and it just feels terrible. You know, until you just said that, it hadn't even occurred to me that it's been a successful week of hockey. That's wild. <laughs> it has been because it's, it's insane. It's it's been so like physically painful and exhausting to watch that it, it somehow it didn't click for me that they actually did good. Huh? Right. I mean. The the first game this week was the the five to four overtime win over the Rangers, which was a game in which they blew a lead. They had such a disastrous second period that it barely felt like a win, but it was a win. Uh, Jake Voracek scoring maybe the the slowest possible breakaway game winning goal you've ever seen. That was uh, really fun to watch. It was such like a fuck you goal. Or do we say fuck on fly properly? Oh, we say lots of fucks. It was such, like, a fuck you goal. Like, I'm fucking over this game. I hate it. I hate all of you. I'm putting this puck in the net, and we're going home. That's exactly what that felt like to me. 
I'm turning this car around. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back to Philadelphia. Out of the train station. Yeah, we're right home. And we're not taking Amtrak. We're taking New Jersey Transit. No. You didn't earn an Amtrak ride. No, absolutely not. That, that, that What is that, an hour and a half? You're not getting that. No way. No. No way. The full New Jersey Transit excruciating experience. And then you got to take this up to Regional Rail because we hate you that much. That's right. And and you're not getting one of those new New Jersey Transit cars. You're getting one of the old ones with the school bus seats. And you're going to sit there and you're going to think about what you did. I've never thought about that as the descriptor for those seats. And it is such a good description. Yeah, they're, they're like, fully... It makes perfect yeah. sense to me. Yeah, and then sometimes you get lucky and you get one of the new double-decker buses that's, like, being in Europe. I mean, trains. But usually yeah, it's the school bus. transportation. Yeah, whatever. It'll get you there. Yeah. It's a school bus seat, and then once you get over the pe- the first couple stations, people are just ready to fight you over any possible seat. They will break a bottle and stab you in the throat. Like, anything. I miss doing stuff. <laughs> I can't even, you know, I'm reliving this in my head, but I can't tell you the last time I made that trip. I, I used to, in the before times, I would take, I would say one to two New Jersey transit train rides to Manhattan every year because I like museums and I would take myself up for like a day and spend a day just in a museum and then come home. And I always took New Jersey transit because A, who the fuck drives to New York? Nobody. Yeah. B, it's like 30 bucks round trip and Amtrak is hilariously expensive. And I'm not going to take a bus because I'm not a trash person. So <laughs> I took New Jersey Transit. You're not going to take one of those seedy buses that you catch out on no. like either Chinatown or like 8th Street or something like that. No, and they, all of those buses look like they have a distinct smell and I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> They drop you off in, a, uh, in an area of New York that you've never seen before. You'll never see again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just completely lost. Yeah. Somehow you're in like the Bronx or something and you're who the hell knows what's going to happen. They drop you off in Yankee Stadium, <laughs> but only when the Yankees are not playing. Yeah. And you got to find your way out. It's like a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a Nicolas Cage movie. And then... The Flyers, after that 5-4 to four win, that just Jake Voracek, the slowest winner I've ever seen, but I, I appreciate it nonetheless. Please don't block me again, Jake. I'm not Mike Sielski. <laughs> a, a just record, like, the worst Flyers loss since before I was born, and I'm an old man by Flyers Twitter standards. Yeah, both of us. And, you know, it's th- this is the, the old people shake their cane at the Flyers and talk about back in the day podcast today yeah. and I'm, I'm all here for it literally the worst loss of our entire lives yeah because as lovely tom goes and points out that i asked in the the slack when was the last time the flyers had a loss this bad and tom came in with great information the last nine goal loss the flyers lost nine to nothing to the rangers i still am stunned by that number but the last nine-goal loss was 11-2 to the Montreal Canadiens back at the Montreal Forum on October 27th, 1981. I was not yet born. And I'm old as fuck, Steve! I, yeah, and I wasn't alive. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> same, same. And we're talking about Montreal goals from Larry Robinson in that game. Oh my God. Keith Acton had a hat trick. <laughs> Keith Acton. <laughs> The Flyers' goals in that game were from Reggie Leach and Bill Barber. Mm. Yep, that was a long time ago. 
it's you know one could say it's been a while but <laughs> looking <laughs> i decided to take a quick look at some of the other just awful flyers losses from I, I i reached i did hit a wall at a certain point where i didn't want to go back anymore. yeah there's so many but there's so many <laughs> but like a couple ones that stuck out to me were the the infamous capitals game from 2013 that's the ray emery beats the shit out of out of holtby game who could forget who could forget certainly not holtby no Ooh, absolutely horrible i also noted that the flyers lost to the rangers back in march 2011 a little over a decade ago, they lost 7 nothing to the Rangers. That's pretty funny that it was nearly exactly 10 years ago. They should throw a shutout party. I mean, God. Let's have an anniversary so game every year. Yeah. <laughs> Celebrate our misery. If we're celebrating our misery, that is that sounds like the daily life on Flyers Twitter right now. It is a lifestyle. It really is. And I say right now, but I really mean since Yaramir Yager hasn't been a flyer. Oh, I miss him. I do, too. He's living his best life, though. Isn't he, though? We should all be so lucky. We should all be so lucky. He is just, he's a wonder, that Yaramir Yager. Hanging out with, what was it, a physicist at that party? <laughs> and an 80-year-old an physicist who, I gotta say, looked great. He looked fantastic. For his age. I should look so good at that age. Right? You could just be Yarmir Yager, just like Benjamin buttoning your way into old age, just playing hockey until you're 100, banging chicks, gambling on things, I'm gambling assuming. On a, a lot of things. All of the things. The man's got one vice. <laughs> like, he, he works out at midnight every day, but he just loves gambling. And, you know, bless you his know soul. You know what? Exactly. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. He works hard. He does. Much harder than me. <laughs> <laughs> one other thing i wanted to note about these just horrible losses from the last couple decades is the early 90s the pittsburgh penguins with yaramir yager and mario lemieux absolutely annihilated the flyers on multiple occasions they beat the flyers 11 to 5 in 93 9 to 3 in 93 9 to 3 in 91 they have three 9 to 3 losses in the early 90s one to the islanders and two to the penguins it's it's really weird. That was before my fandom began. I didn't catch on until probably like, I want to say 94, 95, maybe That's 96. about when I started, yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, peak Lindros time. I hopped right. in. Right. Like everybody else. Like I, I might have been a mite on ice when I was five years old, but I don't mm. remember that. I don't remember that. And I, I didn't really pay attention until 94, 95. Yeah, I uh, so I have no memory of those, but it is kind of hilarious that almost annually they gave up a nine spot to the Penguins. That's too many. It is too many. Y you had the defense that, okay, Mario Lemieux, but it's still... Th I mean, those were lousy teams, too. They Because <laughs> they, they had pretty much given the entire roster to get Eric Lindros. Which, you know, had to do. Yeah. You know, I wish they hadn't given up Forsberg, but that's uh, ancient history. You know, there's a you can you can have a whole debate about that because if Forsberg had the exact Flyers teams that Eric Lindros had, would he have won anything either? I don't that's know. A great debate. I don't know. Forsberg had a lot of help out there oh, yeah. in Colorado. Meanwhile, Eric Lindros had uh, some dudes and John Leclerc. <laughs> 
John, you know, Spelled Johnny it. Vermont was there. Spelled it. Yeah, pretty much. Joe Sackick, Patrick Waugh, a couple Hall of Famers. No big deal. Nah, no big deal. No big deal. Nah. Now, going back to the loss from this week, the Rangers had five players with two plus points in this game, which is just disgusting. <sighs> and uh, so many first points. So many first points. J- Jacob Truba's first goal of the season. Terrific. Yeah. It's it's kind of hilarious because, like, looking at, apart from Buchnevich and Panarin, Truba, Strom, and Zibanejad are the guys that every single time I've been talking to one of these Rangers people for a pregame that they've been complaining about underachieving for the entire season. And yet, the Flyers pop in. It's actually so, I I think it was, I don't know if you saw in Slack one day, Kurt actually looked up. Because we were talking about how so many players get their first point against the Flyers. And I think Kurt looked it up. And somehow, the Flyers are, like, the last on that list. Like, the least number of times in league history has someone gotten their first point against the Flyers. Which seems wrong. I feel like my brain disagrees with that fact seems to happen all the time but evidently the flyers have given up the fewest first points which seems wild to me because it seems to happen every single game that just doesn't compute with me at all it it makes Mm -mm. no sense i feel like i've heard so many guys go and it's his first point i mean maybe the flyers had the record record for most first shutouts of opposing goaltenders (laughs) that nobody's ever heard of they are good for that well because like i was looking at kincaid coming into that game the first game and saying, mm. like, oh, here comes a friggin'... And, of course, the goalie I expected to shut out the Flyers inexplicably didn't. And then the goalie that I thought the Flyers were going to do well against in Georgiev would, you know, let up a bunch of goals and he didn't let up shit. I I don't understand. He's been trash all season. Terrible. His numbers were awful when I looked at them earlier this week. You'll If you, if you lose your job to Keith Kincaid in 2021... You're not doing something properly. Something has gone wrong in your career. Keith Kincaid does tweets with all emojis. I did not know that about him. You didn't know that? Oh, my God. I don't know if he still does tweets, but there was a time that Keith, I'm 99% sure it was Keith Kincaid. Now I'm downing my stupid leaky brain, but I'm pretty sure it was him. He would do a tweet where it was just like, three actual words and then the rest were emojis that you had to kind of like figure out what he was saying oh you're gonna have to look this up i will look this up at some point that's that's really weird i had no idea i think it was when it was with the devils i like the devils right he was with the devils and that's why i know of him in the first place Mm -hmm. because i remember doing a fly perbole where we talked about the fact that oh keith kincaid is the devil's goalie at this point and well, that sounds easy. And then he did really good against the Flyers for a couple games because, of course, he did. Of course. Like, if I looked at his... you wouldn't sho- It wouldn't shock me if I looked at Keith Kincaid's numbers and he had, like, a one GAA lifetime against the Flyers or something. <laughs> I'm sure it's, like, a nice middle-of-the-road number, but it's just that perception, right? Where yeah. it feels like Ruslan Fedotenko had a hat trick every time he played the Flyers or, you know, things like that. It's so wild how we all... Like, every... Every fan base does this, too. Like, we are the most put-upon fan base. Nothing could be worse than what happens to us. And meanwhile, every single other hockey fan of every other team 
thinks exactly the same way that we do. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that. And then it doesn't ever. I know you see it a lot more because you actually go out and talk to those opposing, you know, blogs and fans when you do checking out the competition. Yeah. And invariably during those conversations, there is some point at which I'm like, you sound exactly like a Flyers fan. And we are supposed to hate each other. Like you're a Bruins fan or you're a Rangers fan or something. And like, we're not supposed to be the same. And yet we are, in fact, exactly the same. They all hate their team. And they all think that they're doing trash things at all times. And they're all disappointed by their star players. They're all exactly like us. We're not that different. It's kind of nice, actually. We're a little family. A little family of miserable people. Yeah. Every hockey fan is miserable at the end of the day. It's true. That's what it comes down to. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's no... I feel like there's certain baseball fan bases or football. Like, you know, Patriots fans are kind of self-loathing in football, but... I mean, they're pretty happy at the end of the day because they still win championships an absurd amount. Or Yankees fans, they haven't won one in a minute, but, like, they're the Yankees, right? So they're always smug, and they always love their team compared to everybody else. I, uh... Yeah. Maybe Red Wings fans a few years back? I can't think of a good comparable, really. In the late 90s, they were pretty... Oh, the cat's here. Pretty justifiably smug, I would say. Yeah. But but it was like before Twitter and stuff. So like you didn't really have to suffer through it so much. Right. Who is super smug now? Penguins fans a couple years Leafs ago, but fans. not now. Penguins fans kind of are filled with as much self-loathing now as us. That's it's, true. They've won a bunch of championships recently. Um Leafs fans maybe. Yeah. And that's not even justified. No, it's just because they're the Leafs. Right. Somehow, even when their team is terrible, they feel better than everybody else. Blows my mind. I, I can't <laughs> I can't understand that. I'd say Lightning fan, but I don't know any Lightning fans. Mm, have I ever met a Lightning fan? I've talked to a Lightning blogger. They get paid. So I would say technically, no, I've never spoken to a Lightning fan. Okay. They might not exist. Probably not. We'll we'll go on a search. I'm sure there's going to be some obscure lightning fan that'll reach out to me tomorrow and be like, hey, what the hell? Yeah, what the fuck, Steve? I listen to your show every week and you're telling me I don't exist? I like the flyers and the lightning. So I was very conflicted in 2004. (laughs) Oh, man. This 9-0 loss. I I know it's just one game, but it, it, it took forever. It just was agonizing from front to back the flyers never looked good and it really highlighted i think every problem that people have with this team right now it sure did it was just i was thinking about it today as we were watching what ended up being a win over the islanders though for a while there it didn't feel like it was going to be um no i I don't know if I am not accurately remembering the Hackstall era, and it's quite possible that I'm not. Like, perhaps it was so bad that I'm just blocking out how bad it was. But this feels worse, and I think it's it's only because back then I didn't have much in the way of expectation and hope for the team, mostly because of the roster construction. But, like, heading into this year, I had so much... So many high hopes. 
But this sam like that like that Rangers game, that nine and nothing Rangers game was just like any optimism or positivity that I had about this season, like with each goal was just stomped on and crushed. And now it's dead. And it was just it's such a bummer. I thought I really thought this was gonna be a fun year. So did I. And it has just it, it feels like it's just crumbled so quickly. So fast. A couple weeks ago, even, I mean, because, and really, the season has not been going on that long. This is only the third month of the season, and it's it's just so compacted, so condensed, that it's all happening just so stunningly quickly. But just a few weeks ago, we were talking about this team, okay, they're on COVID, and they're going to come back, and, all right, they're going to come back strong, and they're going to be great again. And then it just, since they've come back from all those guys being on COVID protocol, it's just gotten worse and worse, and over the past week or two, it's really just disintegrated. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, there there was a point where it was like, okay, cool. Everyone's going to be healthy. This is going to be great. We're going to get to see what this team actually is, finally. Turns out, somehow, that having the full healthy roster is worse than having half of them out on COVID protocol, which I did not expect at all. No. And it's uh, one thing, I, another thing I was thinking about, I don't know if you've noticed this too, but like, remember during the Hackstall time when you could just kind of like see on these guys' faces that they weren't having fun and that they like just hated having to come play hockey every day oh, yeah. and they didn't want to do it. And that disappeared for a little while. Like when everybody got fired, you could kind of see it visibly go away. Kevin Hayes seemed to kind of perk everyone up a little bit because he's a goofball he was a nice shot in the arm last year yeah like once again all of these guys look absolutely miserable like they're not having even a little bit of fun and i really i'm starting to really wonder like what it is like there's obviously something rotten on this team like that's the only at this point the only way that it can be explained because it's been so long now that it's been like this. And I don't know what it is. It's like, and I'm not talking, like, I'm not here talking about Claude Giroux. It's not Claude Giroux. <laughs> you know, I was so, I was on the verge of Absolutely. jokingly saying Claude Giroux just now. Yeah. Because it is easy for, especially casual fans, to just yeah. go out and blame Claude Giroux. Because nope, Claude Giroux is, yeah. And we talked about the fact that Flyers fans have generally been miserable since that Yager season. And Claude Giroux mm -hmm. is... Your your main connecting tissue at this point is Claude Drew and Jake yeah. Voracek. Yeah, they're the constants, so it must be them. But I don't, I really don't think it is. No. Like, Jake Voracek is, while I think outwardly to, uh, you know, Twitter followers and members of the media, kind of a dick. It's also, like, a dick in, like, a lighthearted kind of funny way. Like, what oh, yeah. he did to Sealski was, like, objectively hilarious. Even though it was kind of, like, a dick thing to do. And I'm willing to bet that in the room, he's hilarious. And that people like being around him. Because I feel like he's the kind of guy that, like, amongst his peers, he's hilarious. He's just a dick to people that aren't one of him. Yeah. So, I don't think it's... And it's... I mean, it's absolutely not Claude Drew. Like, that's just stupid. It's stupid. So I don't, I don't really know what it is. I don't get it. But I, I think it's like, though. 
it is, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me that like this team in particular is so obviously talented on paper and, and just nothing is happening. I don't get it at all. This, I think this is the most confused I've ever been as a Flyers fan. Yeah. Well, and there's so many things like you look at the talent that they have, as you said, like you look at, they have one of the better three line rotations that we've seen Mm -hmm. as far like three of the four lines are legitimately good on paper the defense should be better than it's been and the defense is obviously drastically underperformed and that includes the offensive players you know the 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 offensive players are not playing very good defense right now and the defense is playing disastrous defense and i feel so bad for these freaking goalies right now i feel so bad for carter hart and brian elliott brian elliott's getting worn down uh, we saw he had to take another night off tonight for Alex Lyon, right, to just sit mm-hmm. on the bench. And he was playing very good hockey a couple of weeks ago. But, I mean, look, as far as hockey age goes, he's, he's like, uh, on the verge of retirement, as I said. Like, he's, like, 65 in hockey years. Like, he is not exactly the guy you can lean on for this kind of stuff. He's doing the best he can, but he is not... And Carter Hart, I mean, he's young, and... I don't know. He's obviously got confidence issues right now. He's not playing anywhere near where he should be able to play right now. And a lot of that has to do with the guys in front of him, just not giving him that support that he needs. I, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit scared about what's happening to Carter Hart because the one thing that seemed to be a constant with him was that he's just like, so centered and so chill and like doesn't get in his head does the whole sports psychologist thing you know really level-headed kid like all of these things we heard about him he's supposed to be the zen master like the cool as a cucumber kind of guy and he just seems to be like crumbling mentally and obviously you know all of this is speculation we don't know what's going on with his head but it's just he was always just so calm in his net and that is just completely gone and it's i mean it's kind of the same as as with the other team with the rest of the team that there's just no apparent reason for it like like what is a thing that happened to these guys that made them all go to shit i don't know i don't know if something happened like in the locker room like, did somebody punch somebody else in the face? Like, did they I don't know. Disrupt a burial ground somewhere, and there's yes. evil spirits inhabiting the team. That's my working theory right now. I mean, that makes more sense than anything else. Perhaps someone found a monkey's paw. <laughs> I'd like to think that. Has anyone asked? If there's question. one flyer that stumbled upon a monkey's paw and has cursed this team, who do you think it was? Nolan Patrick. <laughs> he would, because he would find the monkey's paw, and. Because he's a child, he would not have seen the Simpsons episode. Of course. So he he wouldn't understand, A, why it's hilarious, and B, why you don't fuck with the monkey's paw. And he's, I'm convinced, just an absolute idiot. So he would wish for, like, (laughs) stupid things that would somehow end up cursing the team. My new working... for a mustache? Yeah, something like that. My new working theory is that um, Travis Konechny is bad because Nolan Patrick is back. Which I can only say because Steph Driver is driving. I can only say that today when she <laughs> isn't paying attention. In two days, she's going to be furious with you. I know. She's going to hear this and I'm going to immediately get booted out of the Slack chat. 
I mean, you know. Worth it. <laughs> I, we've all been fired from this block at least five times. At least. Yeah. Otherwise, we're not doing it right. See, on I could also see Konechny coming across that monkey's paw just being like, oh, yeah, give me, like, some jet skis. <laughs> he also, yeah, he would absolutely... I want an unlimited supply of Carhartt sweatshirts. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Nothing else. That's it. <laughs> Some beanies, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> oh my god. That that's the only thing that makes sense to me. That's okay. That's it. Officially, the Flyers have we discovered it. A, we solved it. We got to the bottom of it. The Flyers are cursed by a monkey's paw. Let's let's get a shaman in there tomorrow to fix this. All right. Are you listening state. to me, Comcast Spectacore? Get a shaman. Who would be the Who would be the flyer that would like have some sage handy to burn in the locker room? I feel like it would be Brian Elliott. I mean, he is pretty much the team dad at this point without Matt Neskinen. Yeah, I feel like Elliott would just be like, guys, Mercury Mercury's in retrograde. Let's just get through this month, and then we'll burn some sage. Everyone charge your crystals. We'll get back out there. And we're going to solve this problem. That said, I'm not sure I could see Brian Elliott having a crystal. That's true. It's not Brian Elliott. I don't know who it would be, really. Kevin Hayes might have a crystal or two. Wouldn't it be hilarious if Kevin Hayes, with that stupid Boston accent, was like into astrology? <laughs> <laughs> You're a Libra. I know how you people are. <laughs> You can't have an Aquarius and a Pisces on the same line. Everybody knows that. Never works. Just, I can't do a Boston accent. I don't he's know just going up there. to Elaine Vigneault. That's fine. Any attempt is, is good enough for this program. <laughs> he's going up to Vigneault every game with just recommendations based on <laughs> based on their Star signs. charts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Coach, listen. Konechny's Scorpio moon is rising i don't know what any of these words mean i'm just making them up and as a result he can't play on the third line he can only play on the second line and Vino's like please go away from me i, can't I never want to speak anymore. to you again this job is just <laughs> do you think like Vigno at this point is just already gone what have i gotten myself into with this team with this media with with everything i don't know if i'm supposed to hate elaine Vino right now i feel like i shouldn't because I feel like this can't possibly be his fault. But every time I complain about him on uh, Twitter, invariably there's some Rangers fan going, Oh, see? This is what he does. And I'm like, wait, is this like a thing? Like, is this just what he does? But I don't, it can't be. I can't imagine I don't want... it is. I, <sighs> I, it's, well, that's the problem, right? Is this is all just so inexplicable like this doesn't even yeah. feel like the worst defense the flyers have fielded on the ice i mean we've obviously had worse defenses if you look back yes. Nick schultz and andrew mcdonald were on the same defense a few years back somehow like our current third pair makes the Krychek parent third pair from the 2010 cup run look really good and solid which is wild because that pair was so had so little trust from the coaching staff that they yeah. ran Chris Pronger and Kimo Team in, into the ground. <laughs> like those guys were playing what three minutes a night or something ridiculous. Like just long enough 
for the top two pairs to like literally take a sip of Gatorade and get back out on the ice. I guess the problem is that like when he does dumb stuff, like dress Nate Prosser for more than one game on purpose, it's like you just have to find someone to blame for this. So it's easy when he does stuff like that to be like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, why yeah. are you doing this to us? This is your fault. What well, almost feels like there's a weird thing in the organization, too, because if you look at we were talking about this in the slack earlier with some of the, the phantoms decisions being made specifically in regards to Samuel Morin, where he's being forced to play defense or they keep flipping him between defense and offense. Now, after they, they tried to give him that concrete offensive position this year and they can't make up their damn mind with him. And it just, it, there seems to be kind of this, this chaotic force inhabiting the entire organization at this point. Maybe, maybe Bobby Clark found the monkey's paw like 20 years ago. No, oh, yeah. Uh, right after, right after the second cup. Yeah. And then since then, between that and the Kate Smith curse, we're totally doomed. Yeah, there's no chance. We should just stop now. Yeah, maybe they have to move to Quebec City. Oh, no. Or Kansas City, like our friends from across the state almost. <laughs> Throw the whole thing in the bin. And then we'll just have to start from scratch. Comcast has enough money. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, everybody else is getting an expansion team. We might as well get a yeah. chance to start anew. Exactly. We'll just It'll have a year where the Flyers don't play and we don't have a team. And then they'll bring in the new Flyers, like the new Jets. Ooh, I like it. Can we make, I wonder if there's a team that we could. So we move the current Flyers to quebec city or kansas city or they could go to atlanta with staff actually they could be oh, the new thrashers <laughs> new thrashers that's what everybody's been craving yes exactly <laughs> people have been dying for a new thrashers and then we'll have an expansion team and we'll just steal everyone's good players this problem solved problem solved that's okay yeah. we, we've solved multiple problems on this already. we're really Shaman. doing a lot of work here new team yeah we're doing a ton of work it's great yeah yeah looking at tonight's game so <laughs> tonight yeah. they inexplicably beat the islanders which it, there's so many things to unpack with this like the fact of the matter number one this is the first islanders game that they've lost in regulation at home this year and it's to this flyers team playing like they are the flyers jumped out to a three nothing lead in this game it was great and then, of course, in classic Flyers fashion, and I think we all saw this coming, they blew that lead. Mm, they sure did. But they, they they blew it bad. It was it was real ugly. They basically, once they got that lead in the second period, they, they spent most of the third period just pinned back in their own end like they were on the penalty kill. They do that a lot, Steve. It's really distressing. It really is. And I don't, again, I don't know what, I don't know why they're doing it. Like, there's nothing that I could point to except for that they're just not doing the other things that they should be doing. Like, how many times this year have you found yourself counting the number of flyer skaters out there just to make sure they weren't on a penalty kill? It happens pretty frequently. And then I, I start to wonder, like, if perhaps I don't, understand the fundamentals of the game the way that i thought i did because they do stuff that doesn't make any sense to me like 
don't play defense and I was under the impression that you should play defense and that playing defense meant stopping other teams from getting shots on your net and they don't do that. So I started to think maybe I don't understand hockey as much as I thought I did. That's the effect the Flyers have on you. Yeah, yeah. Tonight's game was a real roller coaster. The first, because the first period was like, okay, no major fuck-ups. They're not losing yet. They're not winning, but they're not losing. So we'll take it. And then the second period, they were legitimately fun to watch and good. And then once again, as has happened periodically this season, you're like, why can't you just do this all the time? Like this, you're doing it right now. Everyone stop. Notice what you're doing. Do these things all the time. Some, I don't know why that can't, that seems to escape them. So they do the fun things for 20 minutes. And then the third period happens and they just forget how to play hockey again. And then Carter Hart just, uh, he had a couple of uh, doozies. I think he might have wanted to stop. Yeah. And that makes me a little nervous. There was actually a few, like he, the one that hit the post in the first, like beat him pretty clean. There were a couple of times that he did not look like he had any idea where the puck was or what he was meant to be doing. And it was just like, you know, by pure luck that the Islanders didn't score a goal. I didn't, I didn't want to be worried about Carter Hart, but I'm starting to get worried. Charlie seems to think it's because it's just this schedule, like no practice time, like no time to chill, which like maybe, I guess it could be. I think the schedule's definitely screwing with these guys to a degree, but yeah, but everyone else is playing it too. Right. Why, why is this just affecting the Flyers? Like, why are the Islanders thriving off this rapid right. schedule? <laughs> right. Because the Islanders have been just killing it for the past few weeks, and I, I, I can't explain the Islanders. I don't know why the Islanders are successful outside of Barry Trotz. It makes no sense to me. Their roster is not any more talented. I'd say they have a less talented roster than over half the division, if not more than mm-hmm. half the division. I don't get it, but it Barry Trotz is that good. I don't know. Hopefully Anders Lee being out just tanks them for the rest of the year, but I somehow doubt that's going to be the case. I, I doubt it too. It's, I think Barry Trotz is the one good hockey coach. Like he actually puts together a system based around the players that he has to maximize their talents and win hockey games. Whereas I feel like other NHL coaches, like every other NHL coach, they just do like standard things. Like there's not really anything innovative or interesting or new. They just have a bunch of guys. They figure out which guys go best together and they play them. And Trotz has like designed an entire system around, as you said, a group of guys that apart from maybe their top three players are not that talented on. They're not like super great hockey players. Obviously they're talented, but they're just, you know, they're not going to be lighting up the world with their hockey talent. Right. But he's figured out how to play them so that they win games. And it's very frustrating because I would like to win games. 
I would like to win games. I'd like to be back at the top of the division. It was nice when the Flyers were up there with the Bruins and Capitals and jostling for position, and then, again, they just fell off a cliff. And there was a while where you could look at the winning percentage and say, okay, well, that's really a big factor. That shows where the Flyers truly are in the stand in the standings. And I, that that's not even close anymore mm -mm. either after all the losses mm -mm. they've had. And, like, the Islanders, like, Barzal, I'll take on my team any day of the week. He's fantastic. I love Barzal. But most of the rest of them are, they're fine. And I guess that's good enough. I, and where the Flyers seem to alternate from, like, very, very good to... Is this guy, why is this guy in the NHL? I don't understand why this guy's in the NHL. Yeah. That's the thing that's the most frustrating is that we know that this Flyers team is talented. I feel like it's an objective fact that you can't argue. People try to argue it. Like if they're not playing well, then obviously it's because they suck, but they don't. We know that they don't. They just are <laughs> for some reason that I can't understand. Like, I put on the sheet here, does this team actually suck? And I think the answer Who's is no, say? they don't suck, but I can't really say that as definitively as I want to say it. Well, that's the thing. Like, forever now we've been like, why are the Islanders winning? They're not good. The Islanders aren't good. And then they keep winning. Every year for the last, like, three years. The Islanders aren't good. Here they are winning games. And I feel like the Flyers are now doing the opposite of that, where it's like, no, the Flyers are good but they keep doing this shit. And we're like, no, 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 they're good. And then people are like, but look at what they're doing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't want it to be like this. Like the Islanders have a fake Sebastian Ajo. They don't even have the real Sebastian Ajo. I know that, that I honestly, I like laughed out loud when JJ was like, Sebastian Ajo, not that one. It's like, no, not the good one. <laughs> The one that sucks and who will also score a point in this game. Because, like, that's not a common name. Sebastian Ajo is in no way a common name. I I think about it sometimes. And it's like, because I don't think they're from, I think they're from two different countries, right? I think one of them is Swedish and one of them is Finnish or something. I can't remember. I'm going to look this up because I'm yeah, actually look very curious about this. But you, like, think about it. At almost exactly the same time. These two men, I mean, like, you know, some small number of months relatively apart from each other, they were born in two different places. Their parents named them both Sebastian Ajo, and they both become some of the top hockey players in the entire world and end up in the NHL. Like, how is that possible? Like, it's not like Seth Jones. Like, I feel like there could be four Seth Joneses in the NHL and it would make sense to me. How are there two Sebastians Ajo? Doesn't make any sense. I have found the information. Sebastian Ajo Hurricanes is from Finland, born in 1997. And Sebastian Ajo Islanders is from Sweden, born in 1996. Yes, look at this. A year apart in two different countries. Two women birth a Sebastian Ajo. And they become NHL hockey players. That's fucking NHL wild. NHL hockey players playing different positions. Yeah. Different teams. Different teams. Completely different paths to the league, one would imagine. You can write a movie about this. It's like a Disney movie. Like a <laughs> Disney it. sports. Like a Disney sports movie, not like a Disney cartoon movie. No, like Miracle kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or The Rookie. Or Dennis Quaid's The World's Oldest Rookie. Or MVP. Most Valuable Primate. <laughs> Perhaps the greatest <laughs> film ever made. 
Or maybe is Air Airbuds better? Airbuds better, yeah. But MVP is the best name. It is really good. It makes me chuckle literally every time I see it. I don't see it that often, but when I'm scrolling through like HBO or wherever the hell it's streaming, and I'll see it in passing, I'll just go most valuable primate. <laughs> good. <laughs> every time. At some point, like a room full of people in suits workshop that title yeah with it somebody pitched that idea somebody went in and said listen folks have i got a plan for you and for some reason we keep coming back to primates monkey's paws this is oh my god what are we doing what's going on here i didn't even realize how did we do how did we get on this path i mean it's my fault this to your show no, this is my show. This show. is no, this is my show. So this is actually this fits perfectly in here. I'm loving it. But somebody went in and said, "Have I got an idea for you? It's a sports movie with a monkey. It's called Most Valuable Primate or MVP." And whoever they were pitching it to was like, "Oh my god, that's fucking great! That's genius. We might as genius. well be printing money right now." Given the time period, he probably had like a Bluetooth headset and he like immediately called his assistant. It's like, get a team together. We're going to make this movie. Assemble a team. This has to happen (laughs) right now. Right now. Don't even ask me about a budget. There isn't one. (laughs) Whatever it takes, we're making Most Valuable Primate. Get it done. DVD sales are going to be through the roof. I've actually never seen Most Valuable Primate. Neither have I. I might watch it. I don't it think I need to. I don't think I need to watch it. I'm I'm gonna watch it and the next time I record with you, we're gonna talk about Most Valuable oh, Primate and and AOL chat rooms for hockey back in the day. Oh, yes. <laughs> Give the people what they want. <laughs> That's the content that people crave right there. All of the youths that listen to your podcast are gonna be like, the what? What are these old people talking about? I'll tell you, I have never felt older in my life than when I had to explain to an intern at my old job what dial-up internet was. I had to explain the entire concept to them. (laughs) And I just wanted to find a retirement home for myself (laughs) right then and there. I one time had to uh, show a young person that I worked with how to write a check. Oh my god. That was a fun day. I was like, you, he was like, I don't, I don't know how to write a check. I've never written a check before. And I was like, "Mm, you have a job. Like you're a functional adult right now. See, pal, the instructions are on there. (laughs) You just fill in the lines. You're literally just filling in the blanks. That's it. How much money do you want to give? Sign it. You're good. And I write the I write the amount in words. Yes, write the yes. amount in words for ultra clarity. Don't ask mm-hmm. me why. It's just the system. But guess what? It tells you to do it. It's right yeah. there. Not hard. No, it ain't rocket science. Willing to bet eighty percent of the people listening to this podcast right now have never written a check. Oh, I would a hundred percent. I know Eamon's going to listen, and Eamon's definitely never written a check. I don't. I would bet that Eamon's never seen a check before. Has no idea what it is. Never seen a check. <laughs> I like that Amon. Amon came onto the blog like what a month ago at this point. Like that. And 
yeah. we've gotten like four shout outs verbally <laughs> about being young at this point. He's just so young. It's so, so fun. I don't even fun. know what to do with him. He's like a small, tiny baby. <laughs> so I have to show him Imagine how to get... being 19 years old. What the fuck even is that? I, I can't. I cannot. I, my body creaks so much. I, I can't fathom. <laughs> Oh, he's so enthusiastic about being alive. Hi, Eamon. I miss that. I miss that. It was fun when that happened. It was. It was. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to bring up about this oh. Islanders game here. Okay. And then we're done with hockey after this, as far as I'm Ooh. concerned. We've talked enough hockey. We got we got some nonsense to talk before we, we peace out. I just wanted to say it was really nice to see Oscar Lindblom, Oski boy, get on the board a couple times oh, tonight. Oh, so nice. It, like... Seeing him, nobody wants to criticize him this year after everything he's been through. He's obviously not playing the level of hockey he played last year, but who can blame him after everything he's been through? He's still getting up to speed. Seeing him to score two goals tonight and two damn good goals was fantastic. One of the be- it's that's the best thing I've seen in weeks from this team was seeing him score those goals. It was really great to see, and it if I can just. I'll just be the negative one for a second. The only thing that bothers me about it is that it, it vindicates Aline Vigneault's nonsense scratching thing that he's doing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I scratched Oscar Lindblom, and then he came back and scored two goals because of me. <laughs> no. going to give myself a big old pat on the back over that one. Yeah, that said, it was really great to see because – and it, like you said, they, it's not like they were garbage goals. Like, he looked good scoring those goals. Yeah. Like old Oscar Lindblom. They were not late 90s trash goals right there. They were not ultra-greasy goals. It was good stuff. You love to see it. You love to see it. He looked good with G out there. And I he did. G's been playing some, you know, obviously, <laughs> the 9 nothing game aside, Claude Giroux's been playing some damn good hockey uh, in recent games, but... That game kind of negates everything. It really is just a giant black hole. It's hard to get out of a 9 nothing loss uh, feeling good about anything. 1981. 19... 1981. 1981. It was a good year, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Better, better times than this. <laughs> oh, boy. Simpler time. All right, Kelly. I promised that... Tonight, I would do one thing for you on the show. And uh, mm-hmm. you were asking on Twitter about the the Justice League Snyder Cut that came out today. You were asking, what's the deal with this? Because yes. it's confusing. It's, you know, it is honestly confusing. As somebody who is a, a giant nerd and follows the shit, even I find it somewhat confusing. So I'm going to try and explain the best I can to you exactly what the deal is with, with this Snyder Cut here. Okay. Okay. So... Justice League came out a couple years ago, and it bombed. It was not, at least by blockbuster standards, did not make anywhere near the money that Warner Brothers wanted to make from it, and it was uh, pretty much disregarded. And what happened with Justice League was that the director, Zack Snyder, known for Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Man of Steel, which is a film that I hated so much that me ranting about it actually started my relationship with my girlfriend, I was ranting at it. I was. It is beautiful. I was ranting at it, ranting about it at a bar because I did not like that uh, 
the character Superman snapped a person's neck to end the film. And, uh... Oh my god, spoiler. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I had to throw one of those in here. But I was ranting about this at the bar to a friend of mine. And, uh, Emily was involved in a conversation that was very boring about health insurance. And heard me ranting about movies. And she likes movies. So she came over and, uh, joined in that conversation. And, uh, I've had a... a healthy long-lasting relationship ever since amazing it is i just want to say that like a person meeting another person in meat space and forming a romantic connection with them did not realize that still happened i know i know you're giving it's... all of us faith I, I try to sometimes i try to do what i can on that front and i you know, it, it is kind of a, a minor miracle that that actually happened. So I'm, I you know, I'm I'm impressed with myself. No, I don't I don't want to say that. But <laughs> you should be. So Zack Snyder directed that film and a couple others, and then he his big DC film to follow up these was going to be Justice League, and he was filming Justice League, and I believe what happened was he had a family tragedy happen while he was filming that, and he uh, dropped out of the film and. Joss Whedon, who has uh, since been proven to be a piece of shit, uh, came in and filmed the rest of it. And basically, and it just, it was uneven. The film was pretty, it's just not good. It's not a good film. It's clearly a Frankenstein film. Is this the one where they did a CGI mouth on Superman? Yes. So they had... I remember yeah. this. Henry Cavill came back because uh, he was filming Mission Impossible 6 with uh, Tom Cruise and all them. And he had a mustache in that film and he had to come back to do reshoots on Justice League. And he's like, well, I can't shave my mustache for this film. And I said, we'll just CGI it. And it is the most abysmal, awkward, weird CGI I've mm -hmm. ever seen. It's so bad. Like, it, it, his face just doesn't look right when he's talking. It's, it's, ugh. I, I'm so Justice League, thinking about it. Which group of superheroes is this? Is the so this is like Superman, Superman, not Batman. Batman. Oh, Batman! I thought Batman was on the other side. Oh no, this is Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Those fun folks there. So, Batman and Superman exist in the same universe. They do, and uh, occasionally they'll they fight were... each other. Hmm. For a dawn I thought of one of them was. Marvel and one of them was DC. No, they are both DC. I see, I see. Who's Marvel then? Uh, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, oh, the X-Men. Yeah, those ones. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm very slow. That's fine. Thank you this for working all, with me. This is all very nerdy shit right here. This is, you mm -hmm. know, I'm watching men in pajamas punch each other in the face and I enjoy it. But what? So they, they finish the film. It's a Frankenstein film. It just does not... The parts don't work well together. Like, Whedon's tone is, like, very lighthearted in a lot of scenes. And Snyder is very, like, super serious, these gods amongst men kind of tone. And it just doesn't work well. And then people who really like Zack Snyder really friggin' love Zack Snyder. They love this dude. Like, they just think he is a, a genius. He's not a genius, but I can I can understand that people think he's like a, a, an auteur he's not for me but some people really love him and they've been demanding his cut of the film for years now just going on message boards and demanding the snyder cut 
and it's it's been a thing. And then when HBO Max came out, they said, well, we really need content for HBO Max. We'll do the Snyder Cut? Yeah, let's do the Snyder Cut. Hmm. So he took this movie that already existed, and it's it's mostly the same footage, just re-edited in different ways. They added some stuff. And now it's a four-hour cut of the movie that is streaming on HBO Max. Four hours. Four hours. That's a long movie. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I sat through The Irishman in a theater, and I think that's too long. I don't... See, I have... And by the way, The Irishman in a theater was an experience. I, I had to make sure I drank just enough coffee to not have to pee halfway through. Was it was it a good experience? It was okay. The Irishman's not Scorsese's best. It's it's okay. Uh, it was probably it probably was not worth sitting there for three and a half hours, but <laughs> I was still glad. I, I I really enjoy seeing a movie on the big screen. That's something I'm going to enjoy doing once I get oh my, my final God. vaccine. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I love the movies. Did you get Did you get number one or number two today? I got number two today. Congratulations! I'm fucking invincible. Thank That's you. That's awesome. Thank you. I get mine on April Fool's Day, on April 1st. So hopefully they don't Hot give me damn. a joke vaccine. And, uh, Hey-o. I <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> we actually gave you COVID. Isn't that hilarious? Oh, that's a pretty good prank. You guys got me. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm invincible now. So if anyone wants to fight me, I'll meet you outside later. <laughs> I'm gonna I can't get COVID from you. I'm gonna break a board across your back just to to test that theory. Oh, that sounds painful. Well, you're invincible, so it should be fine. That's true. <laughs> so okay, so a four hour movie. Sorry, I derailed this entire thing. That's what hyperbole is—a giant derailment. It's a four hour movie, and everyone's already everyone that's talking about this movie has seen the original movie, and everybody hated it, and so then they were like. Let's watch it again, but longer. This is all correct. Okay. But it's slightly different. Like, there's, like, uh... It's, like, when you throw... Like, you know how... Remember DVDs? And they would have the deleted scenes? I do. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, they uh, they threw the deleted scenes in there, edited some stuff differently, messed with the order. I think that's kind of fun, actually. It's kind of fun. I, I like a good director's cut. I'm going to check it out eventually. I'm just not... I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan, and I think a lot of people are going in with a lot of, like, predispositions, so a lot of people are are going to either love it because they expected to love it, or they're going to hate it because they expected to hate it. Mm. I don't think a lot of people are going to be swayed to the other side of the fence, but we'll we'll see. You never know. Maybe I should watch it. Would I have any idea what's happening going in cold? Probably not. Probably not. I wouldn't imagine so. It's like I, I saw. What was the last superhero movie that I saw? Um, the one with the fox and the tree. The what fox and the tree. The fa- the Fantastic Mister Fox. No, the guy from the Office was in it. Uh, which John Krasinski? No, which I mean not the office? office. Parks and Rec. Oh, Parks and Rec. Um, oh wait, 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 wait! Oh, the raccoon in the tree, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it's a raccoon. I have decoded. <laughs> I've decoded your message. Sorry, that took a little while. That's the last one that I saw. 
And I remember a couple of years ago, wherever it was, when all of like the um all of the ones were coming out where like every single one people were like, This is gonna get best picture consideration. These pictures oh, yeah, are so yeah. good now. And I was like, Well fuck, maybe I should start watching these movies again. And then everyone was like, Well, you have to watch these seven first. And then you can see Black Black Panther and you'll get it. And I'm like, oh, I don't have time for that shit. So <laughs> it's I just a lot. I just checked out all the way. I love this shit and I rewatched like rewatched it all in December because I'm in my house by myself for most of the day, so why the fuck not? Exactly. And there's twenty two of them. That's a lot of movie. And Oh, that's too many. They're mostly very long. Like they're I don't I don't know if there's any of them under two hours. Like they're they're all long. So mm. It's it's a lot of work, so I can't blame you there. But yeah, this one you'll have. There's less pre work to do, and you can kind of get the gist quickly. So there's a lot of slow motion shit. If you like uh, slow motion punching in the face, uh, it's a good time, I suppose. I could also just watch four episodes of Bake Off that I've already seen. That's also a great plan. In the same amount of time. There's nothing wrong with it. I like that plan. I might do that. I think you should do that. I might. Yeah, just do that. Sometimes I just feel a little bit, whenever there's a zeitgeist going on on the timeline, you just want to feel part of it, you know? Oh, yeah. Everybody's talking about the Snyder Cut, and I'm like, who's Snyder? What's happening? Snyder is Zack Snyder, and he directed Justice League. He directed half of Justice League, and now he directed all of this one. Because of you, Steve. You taught me something today. I appreciate you. I try to be a teacher. So thank you for that. I'm hoping that you can teach me about the end of the the season of The Bachelor because we were doing the batch updates and uh, I haven't I haven't heard about anything from it recently because I do not watch the show and my mm. sole source is the batch updates. So how did the Bachelor season end, Kelly? I need to know. Well, the thing about this season of The Bachelor is that they picked they pick the most boring man alive to be the bachelor. So strike one there. And then somehow edited him to be even more boring than he actually was. Strike two. Strike three, just a group of insufferable women. A lot of whom were just very unlikable from the that jump. Horrible all around. It was that just not- sounds awful. It was not a very enjoyable season. And so if we're going to take it all the way to the end to give you the short version. I really, that, that's all I need because that's, I know. So we get to the end for me. and our hero, Matt James, what's his name? Matt, the James. most boring man on earth. That is a boring yeah. name too. Isn't it? Like two, not first a names, two boring first names, like just like a, a piece of toast. This man was. And so he gets to the end, and he has given himself two choices. Choice number one is a lovely 28-year-old school teacher named Michelle, who is very pretty, and on all of their dates together, they very obviously get on very well. Lots of laughing and joking. He's tall, she's tall. It all seems to work. And then the other choice that he gave himself was I think she's 23, a 23-year-old girl who just got out of college who, like, 
when he asked her, have you ever had any other long-term relationships? She talked about her boyfriend from high school. So this is the level we're talking about here. <laughs> Good Lord. And it, it turned out that when she was in college, so also, I don't know if, in case no one knows this, this was the first black bachelor, um, this dude. So the, the other choice that he gave himself was a girl who went to college at some Southern university who attended some kind of like, it was like an old South party, right? I don't know. Like some kind of like, yeah, like an old South, like antebellum plantation shit kind of like theme party. Because like, you know, when you want to get wasted with your bros in college, obviously you're going to have like a theme party around the civil war as one does. (laughs) That's one does. It just makes perfect logical sense. Of course. So these are the two choices that he gives himself. And because, no offense, Steve, men will show their ass at every possible turn. If given oh, no, the this is 100% accurate. And I take no offense because it's true. Instead of picking the age-appropriate, lovely school teacher woman, he picks the 23-year-old, arguably racist idiot. <laughs> the worst choice. Picks her, so, it, so you know, in his, in that time, he didn't know. Like, no one knew about this while it was happening. So he picks this girl. They apparently, like, go off. He doesn't propose to her also, by the way. He, at the end of it, he's like, oh, I've only known you for six weeks. How could I possibly propose to you? Like, the premise of this show is ridiculous. We're just going to date. <laughs> so um, that's how it ended. And so then they do their little reunion show at the end. And long story short they have broken up because it turns out when your black boyfriend finds out that you went to a slave themed party in college he gets upset about this oh wow yeah he didn't he didn't really like that about her i'm just shocked by this completely shocked yeah so now they're broken up so now they're like not even a thing so we went through all of this for nothing it was just a giant waste of time And the only thing that we've gotten out of it is that I'm sure you'll be thrilled about this. There will not be one bachelorette season. There will be two. Oh boy. Because two of the people that were on this season of the bachelor were so likable that they're going to get their own season of the bachelorette. One of them being the age appropriate school teacher that did not get chosen by the boring piece of toast man. So she's going to get her go at it. The other one was a girl that got kicked off sort of late whose claim to fame was that as she got out of the limo at the beginning of the show, her like weird little intro to Matt James involved a dildo. Oh, so she was like the dildo girl. I think I remember this. I think I remember this from a batch update. Yeah. So she's going to be the other bachelorette. So we're going to suffer through two, uh, two seasons of the bachelorette as a result of this nonsense. So you should have teacher and d- dildo. I don't. I don't know the. I'm trying to think of a good sensitive way to say it, but uh, why don't you have these two co-hosts and then just have like a giant field and just shenanigans? I was kind of hoping that's what they were gonna do, but of course that would be too much fun. No, I have to drag it out as long as possible. When are they just making a 24-hour Bachelor Network at this point? I'm sure at some point there will be like a new streaming service of just the bachelor. I feel like we're just headed to streaming services for each show. I feel like at this point, every show is going to have its own streaming service. 
and you're gonna have to have 47 subscriptions to watch the shows that you like and somehow we'll end up paying more than we were paying for cable oh it's a hundred percent headed that way it's it's great Mm -hmm. just media wins somehow media finds a way every time Ugh, god yeah this was a disappointing season of the bachelor so you did not lose out by losing your batch updates there was no windmill sex or anything like that nothing even remotely spicy oh man that's a bummer windmill sex is like i i feel like that was that was one of the early seasons that we we had our batch updates on flyperbole and that was like the high water mark for me and it's Mm. never it's never gotten back there with that level of absurdity and it's i'm not mad i'm disappointed exactly i mean and and pilot pete was like such a drag like he sucked so bad the fact that somehow it's gotten worse than pilot pete is just really disappointing god damn you bachelor god damn you to hell we ask for one thing from you and that's absurdity and you can't even give us that just a failure all around just like our philadelphia flyers oh full circle you're a professional that's that's, that's what they pay me the the bucks for we get several dollars for doing several, we got many dollars and <laughs> we earn every one of them every single one folks thank you so much for listening if you have any feedback for us the best place is on twitter kelly i'm sure everybody's following you already but where can people follow you on twitter i'm on twitter at hanks h-i-n-x follow me for bad hockey tweets and a lot of complaints about life i can't ask for anything more than that that's perfect <laughs> Follow Hanks. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb, but follow Flyperbole because that's the hockey account right there. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, and be sure to check out all of our wonderful podcast offerings on Broad Street Hockey. There's so many of them. They are so good. And most of the other ones feature Kelly Hankel on a regular basis. Yay. Yay. Go team. Thank you so much for listening. Wear a damn mask. We're almost there. Just keep wearing the mask until you're told not to. Hooray. Wash your hands, all that fun stuff. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow. We did it!